You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about our marriage. And our money. Hey, husband. Howdy ho. On this episode, we discuss life lately as usual and check in on our money, including how we're doing with our savings goals in light of added financial pressures. And we offer some time-tested advice. Chris put together this intro, so I'm just seeing it for the first time. So this has not been pre-approved by me. (laughs) Um, And we've got another great listener profile for you. A lovely young couple looking to keep better track of their savings for different goals and wondering about whether it's better to maximize cash flow. See, I do podcasts right. I build in like tension and foreshadowing. (laughs) I even added a sound effect. People are wondering like, how is this going to go? It's true. You are much better at this than I am. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't mean what she's saying. (laughs) Audience. (laughs) Okay. Life lately. What do you have? Um, all sorts of things. So my best friend is getting married, Mm -hmm. which is really exciting. And I think I mentioned before that we're planning his bachelor party. Mm -hmm. And so I, I actually, I'm bringing this up because I think it's a great piece of advice because we've been doing this for a long time now, but we are planning the bachelor party. We're going to go to Tahoe first and then Napa. Mm-hmm. Very like... You and the guys. Yeah. Post-middle-aged thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what we actually did, though, is book a house, a really beautiful house on Home Away that night by night is like wildly expensive. But when you break it up across eight or nine guys, it's actually yeah. not bad at all. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've been doing for a number of trips for a long time now. You on your guys' trips? Well, a couple of guys' trips. We've done that recently. Um, but you and I mm-hmm. have been doing okay. that. So like... Yeah. Um, yeah, so last year, was it? Yeah, last year we went to Austin. Um, not you and I, but the guys. This is so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> My mind moves so fast. Um, <laughs> between convoluted ideas. But uh, so, yeah, me and the guys went to Austin last year for right. our annual guys trip. And we did a home away and got an awesome mm-hmm. home for about what you'd pay per guy that as, as like a, you know, a slightly fancier hotel. Nicer would be. hotel. Okay. But you get this whole place to yourself, an yeah. awesome kitchen. You can bring in the food. It's great. Mm-hmm. We've done that yep. for Portugal when we took a trip to Portugal a number of years ago. Yeah, that was, that was re- amazing. That was really great. And I feel like we've done others. I think that was the standout best one that we've done. And I definitely want to do that on future. You know, we haven't been doing a lot of family trips other than like going to see my family where we have a great place to stay. But in the future, as like traveling becomes easier and stuff, like it would be so fun to rent a big house like with our families or with our friends. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that idea. I love having a, a kitchen. I love having just, I don't know, a home atmosphere to relax into instead of just a hotel. So yeah, yeah. It just, it feels so much more convenient. It feels more relaxing yeah. somehow. Mm-hmm. You could just walk right in. You've got this whole beautiful house to yourself. So Highly recommended to use HomeAway or Airbnb, something like that, um, Mm -hmm. for your future trips. Yeah. What else? (laughs) And now moving on from our Airbnb sponsor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, we're planting, we're planting, like ads right now so that in the future we can be sponsored by these people i see um (laughs) not really two fun things are coming up for us one we have a date night tonight yeah kind of a spontaneous date night that you spearheaded i did good for me you wanted to go see a movie which turns out it's not really out yet so we're not seeing a movie but we are doing a double date night with our friends which is going to be super fun yeah yeah so we're going to a locally famous actually nationally famous because oprah highlighted them in her magazine how do you Um, know that because they, they, you know, tout it everywhere. Yeah. We're going to Arizona Wilderness Brewery, which mm-hmm. is not too far from our house and is in, in the in between between our house and our friend's house. So, yeah, we're going to do a fun double date there. You know, brewery is another one of those words that's really Tough hard. To say. Like February. February. Brewery. And, and rural juror. <laughs> Maybe February Brewery should be an awesome movie name. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other fun thing that's coming up next weekend, my family's going to be in town, but it's also our six-year anniversary. Yeah. A week from today, actually. Oh, wow. Did you know that? I did know that. Did I you? didn't know that your family was coming. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew they were coming, but I just didn't realize that it was... It was on the same day. Everything sneaks up. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's exciting. <laughs> All those things. 
<laughs> um, I wanted to say I have been trying to track down a gift that I wanted to get for you. And I don't know if it's going to work out. So I might need to pivot and do something else. But then it's something that I know you were going to like. And so now I might mm. need to get your input, which I hate to like ruin a surprise. But I want to get you something that you would like. So how do you feel about hmm. that? Well, I think... Because time is also running out. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think I guess uh, I'm happy to talk about it because I think I care more about it being a good gift <laughs> than the surprise of it. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, that's good to know. You already got me an awesome, two awesome Mother's Day gifts, which is so funny because Mother's Day is in May, but I have been hinting to you since January about a Mother's Day gift. And mm -hmm. so then it arrived and you told me that you thought Mother's Day was in March. <laughs> <laughs> but so my awesome Mother's Day gift can count as my anniversary gift because I love and it so much. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, strategy for you guys out there. <laughs> Cover multiple holidays and <laughs> one fell swoop. Yeah, Chris got me an awesome letter folk board, which is kind of like this old, old timey looking, but like updated letter board i don't know how it's how else to describe it yeah. we'll include a link to it and so we have it hung up in our kitchen and you can like change the letters and put different messages on stuff so i'm just like really loving it that was so thoughtful mm -hmm. and so i love it so that can good. be my anniversary gift but so okay i need to get you a gift well that's Ooh. good because it was expensive <laughs> 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 but All it right, is cool it, it adds to our i don't know our decor it's really yeah yeah, we definitely have to put a picture up. It's um, so yeah, Letterfolk is the is uh -huh. the brand. See, I'm yeah. another ad for the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All over there. the place. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Uh, let's see. I'm seeking more advice from our audience. Oh, okay. About my knee. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've been dealing with IT band, so people who are runners out there have, I'm sure, have dealt with this. But um, your iliotibial band. Oh, that oh I didn't know that was the name iliotibial. That's a fun yeah, word. Yeah. It's your iliac crest down to your tibia. Huh. Anyway, it's it's a it's a, like a big piece of fascia that runs along the outside of your leg, and it gets inflamed when like you run a lot. Like from kind of your hip down mm -hmm. the outside of your leg to your knee, all the way to your knee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so I've always dealt with it, and I'm, I have like weird body architecture. There's all sorts of things that don't that suggest I should like be inert and not actually be active at all. <laughs> actually, a Neanderthal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and that when I am active, it, it activates all these problems in mm -hmm. my, my body. But anyway, IT band is a constant problem and I've been foam rolling like crazy, Yeah. but that does not seem to be helped. Like I'm Do keeping you know it what pay. I really think it is? What? Your shoes. When was the last time you got new shoes? And that you've been working out, you've been working out at Orange Theory for, you know, a year or almost two. I think I've been using the same shoes. And this is only a recent thing. So I really think you should get new shoes. Yeah, Maybe that would right. solve it. Yeah. Okay. And I think our painter is here to give us a quote. So Intermission. we'll be back. You like how I faded out? All right. And we're back. <laughs> what is that theme song that I was humming? Was that Jeopardy? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Great. I don't know why they consider that intermission music. <laughs> Um, what else? I know that lately I have just been feeling so full of creative energy and wanting to work on just all my creative projects. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I've been kind of like making some progress on my e-course, but I just wish I could have lots more time to work on it. I have been dragging myself out of bed at 4 a.m. Although, oh my gosh, the past three weeks during my 4 a.m., Cedric has been waking up at like 4.30 before 5, only only on mm -hmm. Tuesday mornings. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm in the bedroom across the hall with, I lay a towel down in front of the door so that no light comes out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm tapping on, I'm typing on my computer. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he can hear that or he just like senses me nearby, but then, you know, I can't work if I hear him stirring and stuff. So yeah. it's been very frustrating. Yeah, we're back to it. So, yeah, Cedric's waking up early a little bit on those days, but only then, on Tuesdays. But then Dash has been waking up early, pretty kind of unfortunately consistently. So four thirty yeah. this morning and like four yeah. forty five yesterday, and we're back to that. Uh -huh. So I don't know. Yeah. But back to the creative thing. Do you think that the fact that you could possibly essentially retire and do your creative mm -hmm. stuff full time mm -hmm. in three years, knowing that that's likely the case, does that yeah. make it harder? Oh, interesting. I thought you were going to say, does that make it easier? Um, hmm. 
Well, because you have ideas now, like, right? And you can work on ideas now, and you know that that's a possibility yeah. in, the, in the relatively near future. It's I like don't know. I think it makes it harder and easier. Um, I I think it's actually a good thing. It keeps me. I feel like it keeps me motivated. You know, I don't know. Sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like it's a long time mm-hmm. until then, and sometimes it doesn't feel like a long time. I guess it just feels like. Um, you know, I just have to do the best that I can with what I have right now. And I, I, I do have this, sometimes it is hard. I worry that my ideas are going to leave me or that my motivation will drain mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, I didn't get to take advantage of it while I had it. So I'm trying not to let that happen and just, you know, do what I can. Um, and I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard too because you know. Hopefully, we'll be in a financial position where if I want to quit my job in three years, I could. But you know, I I don't know how I'm gonna feel at that point, or if we'll feel like, hey, well, if I worked for a few more years, look at this that we could do financially. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But either either way, it is an amazing prospect, and I don't know. I, I think for yeah. the most part, though, it does keep me actually motivated because you know it's like okay well if I can do as much as I can now when I eventually have more time I'll just be able to hit the ground running okay that's good because I always hear you talking about the things that you're doing and how excited you are and it makes me want to be like let's just have you fucking quit right now (laughs) and figure it out (laughs) it's it's hard it's hard because I love all my creative projects that I'm working on so much and they really energize me Mm -hmm. but then at the same time I love so many aspects of my job too and I worked at a job two jobs that I didn't like that I like hated Mm -hmm. for three years before that and so I just feel so fortunate to have so many great qualities in a job. So I don't know. It's, it's this kind of funny thing. Like how could you ever choose to walk away from a job that you really could say that you loved? Yeah. You know, and actually financially speaking, like one year from now, we both become vested. Oh my gosh. After five years for you. Yeah. And 10 years for me. And so that's a big chunk of retirement money that comes like that is ours for sure. It's huge because right now the retirement plan that I'm in, every paycheck I contribute 7% of my income to a retirement account and my employer also contributes 7%, but I'm not vested at all. So I can't, in my retirement accounts, I see none of what my employer has been putting in because I do not receive any vesting um, until I hit that five-year mark. And so a year from now, it's almost exactly a year from my five-year anniversary, just all that money will come in in one big um, chunk. It's going to be so exciting. It'll be like thirty or $40,000 yeah. overnight. It's so cool. <laughs> we'll have to have a little. Yeah, definitely when we're, we're both vested, so that means we're both um, like all the money that our employer has been matching to us is now fully ours mm-hmm. um and we'll be entitled to when we retire one day and we're gonna have to go out for a little celebratory drink or something yeah, for sure i hadn't thought about that when when are you vested do you know what month i believe it's march i think that's when i started okay because i won't be vested till fully vested till later uh, in the like year october okay and my investment has been different, so I've been going up in like fifteen percent increments. And th- and that is, and employers do it different ways. Some yeah. sometimes, like each year, you earn a little percentage of your vesting over time. Mine has been zero to nothing. Yours has been a little bit each year. Yeah, so I'm actually eighty five percent vested right now. But even that last fifteen percent and next October will be probably like twenty twenty five k more. So exciting. isn't that amazing? We stand to make probably we stand to add. Fifty plus thousand dollars to our net worth just by working next year. <laughs> that <laughs> feels good. Existing. That feels really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we kind of already are getting into our money, so should we just keep on going? Yep. Okay, uh, I had mentioned before that I'd been like tracking my entertainment spending, and I actually checked in on that mm-hmm. last week, and I was doing great. I oh, was good. still under my limit. Awesome. I'm not sure if I still am. I need to check back in on that. (laughs) I might be getting close to the limit, but yeah, I felt pretty good about that. Good job. Um, I also wanted to, uh, before you have a couple money updates, I wanted to kind of tease something that we want to talk about in our money next week. And this is kind of a combination of 
two different things. One from Laura Vanderkam's book that I didn't make it all the way through, but it was called, it's called All the Money in the World. And it just has a very interesting premise. I think she just talks about, and I don't know if I already talked about it on the podcast, just kind of how fortunate really like anyone who's probably picking up like her book and reading it is, you know, probably in the United States, like right. probably, you know, living a pretty luxurious life, um, even if it's kind of a middle class life compared to the majority of the world. And so, um, you know, we often have all these thoughts like, oh, if, if money was no object, if I had all the money in the world, but she's like, you know what, you really do. And so if you start looking at your life in that way, like, what would you really do? And it gets to this question that we've talked about before. What is your ideal life? How would you live? And I just love that so much because I think mm -hmm. it can put so many things into perspective. And so anyway, she had a thought experiment in her book um, that I wanted us to share our answers to next time on the podcast. And we won't talk mm -hmm. about them beforehand. I think it'll be interesting to see what we both say. Um, so she said, essentially, like, what if you inherited a big chunk of money and you, you know, paid off debt that you needed to pay off, like made those home repairs, whatever, but you were left with $10,000 of just money that you could just spend on fun, like whatever you wanted. How would you spend that money? And I love that question so much. And then actually, I'm going to kind of up it a little bit because um, a friend that I have in real life who writes at the blog, Feisty Harriet, and I know she's a listener. So hello, friend. She posted recently on her blog this really interesting um, where she said what she would do right now with $100, $1,000, $10,000, $100,000, and a $1,000,000. And I just thought that was really cool. It seems like she shares that every now and then, like every few years. And she said it's been interesting to see like how that changes over time. Yeah. So the 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 caveat here is that you can't save this money. Like you, right. can't, you can't invest it, right? Like you have to blow it. You have to right? spend it, which okay. I feel like is going to be really hard for you. Yeah. Because I... <laughs> You're just like, I mean, I just want to save it. I've been thinking about it. And even the ways I would spend it would be like meant save. to save... <laughs> For the future, <laughs> like to reduce expenses for the future. So I'm, I'm going to have to really think about this. Well, does, you know, well, does that count? So like spend it now to save. I, I think, you know what? You need to tap into whatever really feels right for you. So I will allow it. You know, okay. I, I think that's fine. If that's really what you want to do. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say, no, you have to spend this money on something ridiculous. So I could buy a product or service that in the future reduces our expenses to eventually save us money. Yeah. I'm interested to see okay. what that is. Okay, so I wanted to, yeah, so I would love to do the 100,000, 10,000, 100,000, oh, okay. a million. Would so, you be up for that? Yeah. Okay. A million will be so hard. <laughs> because a million is what we need to live independently forevermore. Oh, I mean, I feel like I could allow that then. Okay. You could save it or invest it maybe at that point. It's okay. a pretty ridiculous sum of money. It is. And we would love to hear from our listeners on this. And we'll share some of your answers if um, we get some. What would what would you what would you buy or how would you spend a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, and a million dollars? We'd so love to know. Send them in. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Send us an email. Okay. Uh, you have a few more updates, I think. Yeah. So we actually passed we're essentially done with the first quarter of this year. <laughs> Q1. In the, yeah. In the family, uh, what, what is it? Not academic year. What's the term? Fiscal. Fiscal. <laughs> Jeez. Our family fiscal year. Our family fiscal year. So first quarter is done, and we've actually crossed the $5,000 um, savings mark uh, for our Vanguard account, mm -hmm. which is where all our big savings is right. going. So that's awesome, and that actually puts us obviously on track for $20,000 of savings, which is our goal year after year for the next five years. Although we did we down. did downgrade this year's savings goals just because we we're kind of planning on some big travel, big expenses, but, you know, right. we still, like, we'll try to beat that goal, but yeah. knowing that it might might not be the 20K, but it's nice to be on track for 20K starting yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, it's a nice, at least we have the foundation set so that yeah. we can be on track until the expenses hit, which... Mm -hmm. A future expense is walking around our house right now assessing okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what it's going to cost <laughs> to pay in our house. So that's um, about 3K. Yes. Um, anyway, so so that's good. I was happy about that. And actually our first, so quarterly we get uh, dividends in our Vanguard account. Mm -hmm. And so we got $115, All right. which is nice. Um, Thanks, Vanguard. Which gets automatically reinvested. 
And so we're making little bits of money, but as the account grows, I'm estimating we'll have between five and $700 of dividends this year and probably getting into the thousand, well, more than a thousand next year over the course of the year, which that's is cool. cool. So as things build, like that's going to start, you know, making a difference. In. And if the market, you know, slowly but surely continues to grow, it's, it's going to start to get cool pretty mm -hmm. quick. So anyway, interesting. Yeah. Um, in relation to that, so there's a um, Facebook group that you introduced me to, Kelsey, mm -hmm. um, your called money Your Money and Your Life. Yeah. Which, did you know this is a play off a book, Your Money or Your Life? Oh, no, I didn't. It's one of the, like, financial independence movement's favorite books from, hmm. I don't know, maybe the 80s. And it's basically how, like, how millionaires, <clears throat> like the millionaire next door might right. live and how they do it, basically. Gotcha. Anyway, so your money in your life is kind of cool because just random people are joined to the group it's and they're a, it's sharing an, it's financial an NPR. advice. It's actually sponsored by yeah. NPR, mm -hmm. and it's really cool because they will they'll ask um, they'll like get input from members in the Facebook group, and then they're it seems like they're really responding to what they hear on the Facebook group and putting out new articles, um, like new stories, kind of mm -hmm. based on that. Sometimes they'll interview people from the Facebook group. So yeah, so it's it's a cool book. It's pretty yeah. active. I like cannot keep track with Very everything yeah, going yeah. on. But it is cool that there's kind of a conversation going yeah. on there. So there was a question somebody posted about, you know, what blogs or books are your favorite sources of financial oh, okay. advice? And I had actually linked to my blog because I just recently wrote a post mm -hmm. about um, my favorite financial advice from various sites, mm -hmm. one of which I talked about in the last podcast. But um, yeah, so if you want to check it out, there's actually, I have a whole list of these various mm -hmm. crazy guys and, and gals on the internet who um, who write about these things. And I just realized we we just dropped NPR uh, into our future sponsor <laughs> oh <my God>. list. <laughs> I'm sure they can't wait to sponsor our show. <laughs> so anyway, you can go and read that. Um, and it's it's a couple of posts back now because I've also just recently posted on flatulence. <laughs> Is your blog going to be sponsoring this podcast? Because <laughs> once I get sponsors for my blog and I have the, the means, then yes, I will sponsor Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? I have like a pyramid scheme of sponsorship <laughs> being formed. I know. <laughs> okay, so were you going to share these points of advice or just talk about how you shared them elsewhere? I'm building the tension. Do you okay. see how? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Our listeners Is are waiting with bated breath. Or annoyance. Well, I can tell you I'm annoyed right now. <laughs> All right. The it, feeling is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's over. God damn it. Um, okay. Uh, so I will just offer a couple things that I actually have in the Great. podcast because we were going to, oh my God, <laughs> you know what? <sighs> All right. See, are we going to make it to our anniversary? <laughs> no, I was in a groove and it, I, I am grooveless now. <laughs> anyway, where was I? You were about advice. to share some advice that you recently posted on your blog. Right. That came from my, my elders. Okay. So this your is respected elders. Yes. Uh, so anyway, from my father, he actually has always told me never fall in love with a car, and very smart. Yeah, and we've we've definitely adhered to that in recent years. Mm -hmm. Where actually, I don't know, we're not in love with our Prius, but we definitely. I mean, we love it for its utility and because it yeah. it's like um, doesn't cost us a lot of money. Like yeah. every time I fill up the tank and it takes like seven gallons of gas and I pay like thirteen dollars, I love that car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, and then the, the other thing he always said, uh, has always said, he, he's still alive. So what he says <laughs> <laughs> is, um, there's an ass for every seat. And so you don't want to be that ass. Don't fall in love with the car. <laughs> so that was, those That's are my, funny. And, my and this is interesting because your father owned car dealerships yeah. when you were growing up. So it's interesting, like coming from him. I mean, he is a guy who knows cars and has sold a lot of cars. He knows that game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my favorite advice from my dad is, uh, fuck him if they can't take a joke. So <laughs> He has a lot of great things. You he should does. probably collect him in a book. That is true. I totally should. Um, then my grandfather, who um, who has passed away a couple years ago, but um, he was amazing with money. Probably also did illegal things, but still was really... <laughs> Let's focus on the, <laughs> on the great with money part. Yeah, he was really good with money um, and tax avoidance. But uh, one thing he always said <laughs> was... It's not what you earn, it's what you don't spend. And I think that's actually a pretty good mantra for our podcast. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, because I think even like um, actually going back to just our featured listener, 
like our last featured listener, they were kind of wondering, do we have, is it just that we don't make enough money? Like, is it an income like issue? And so I think that that advice is a great frame of reference. Like don't focus on what you're earning so much, like focus on what you can not spend. I Mm -hmm. mean, obviously in in some situations you are going to like run up against this wall, like of income. But um, I think that so often, so many of us like in these situations who are, you know, like I said, listening to podcasts, living in America in middle, middle class lifestyles and higher, we really can focus on what we can not spend. For sure. Um, you know, I, this kind of got me thinking about like how the financial lessons I learned from my parents and they were also just great role models. We're both very lucky that we had parents that instilled just really great financial lessons for us, whether like explicitly or just, you know, by example, um, my parents, I mean, just live, live pretty frugally. Like we never, they never drove brand new cars. I think they are driving new cars now, but it was, you know, much later in life when that was an expense that they could definitely take on. And it was just Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to, um, have a new car so that I can just drive it for years and years and not worry about the maintenance of like older cars and things. Um, you know, they don't have a huge house, but they made it a wonderful home and, you know, later in life as they can afford it, they're making those upgrades that they've wanted for, you know, several years, which helps me remember all these upgrades that I want in my house. It's like, you know, there is a time for those things. When <laughs> Many decades from now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, possibly. And they also um, have been like so smart with long-term investments in real estate. My yeah. father, my father is, um, is a real estate broker. And so, but he's just been so smart about those things. And so that has been just really great investments for them. And, you know, whenever I see just what they've been able to do, I do start to think, oh, should we invest in a rental property? And I'll just kind of have this every now and then I'd love to talk about maybe more on a future podcast and hear from listeners on that. Sometimes I will go back and forth, you know, is is that like good debt to take on? Um, you know, but, but then just all the things getting into being a landlord and things like that. I will say the other thing that, um, I just see my parents doing that I love so much. You know, I I do think that they, they like live frugally in, in their lifestyle, like material possessions and stuff, but they, I think put their money really towards their values, which they love to travel. And so as Mm -hmm. they have more and more time, like my sister being, my sister and I being out of the house and stuff and have that money now that we're done with the school, they are taking just amazing trips with their friends. They're coming to visit us as much as they can. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I just really love that. And I love that they are, you know, they see a place that they really want to go. And even if they need to save for a few years to get there, they like make a plan and they go. And I just really love that. Yeah. They are awesome with their money. All right. So let's move on to our listener, our next featured listener. Uh, We are so excited to feature a young couple in their late 20s. They are living in Nashville. Um, it's actually a couple that we know in real life and they are dear to us. So it was awesome that they, that they wrote in, they own their home. They don't have any kids yet, but they would like to start their family through, um, international adoption in the next few years. So that's kind of something on the, on the horizon for them. They both work full time and their take home income is a little over $4,000 a month. And another really cool thing is that they make a little bit of an additional income every month by renting out a bedroom in their home on Airbnb. Foreshadow. (laughs) (laughs) It comes to fruition. Um, Yeah, so um, their first question for us was, what is the best way to keep track of which savings are for which expenses? Like, should we be having separate accounts for these? Like, do we just keep it all together? Um, and, and, and that's something that we've encountered too. And it can be really tough because we talk about, oh, you need to save, but there's different savings. Like there's very long-term, there's short-term. Sometimes you have like a project or a trip or something. You just want to be saving a little bit like somewhere separately. Mm -hmm. I always love to see that money separated out. I do not like to get things mixed up. It's just easier for me to like guard the money in that way. So All right. So why don't you, why don't you take it on our, on our advice to start out? Sure. So, uh, with things like this, I think you're right. Like the, 
they have various savings goals. So one, you know, for adoption, mm-hmm. they're going to need to save long term mm-hmm. and a much bigger pot of money. But then they also are they have like kind of like a almost like we do a short term savings. that's yeah. really for travel or home improvements and things right. like that. And they said they would like to do <coughs> some travel in the next like couple of years before they start their family. Yeah. So there are, I think, uh, probably a, again, asterisk. We are not financial <laughs> advisors. <Exactly. laughs> We're just saying things into a microphone that people may hear and act upon. <laughs> that wasn't our fault. There you go. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, yeah, so there are probably a, a variety of things that could be done depending on where the savings is meant to go. Mm-hmm. Like short term, if it's super short term, like it's pretty fluid month to month or every few months is coming in and out. There's almost no real option other than maybe like a, a money market account, which... Um, is like a savings account, but some, and it still has crazy low interest rates. So it's really not like a, a great way to save money, yeah. but if the money's going out anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's just a place where if you have like, if you can put in a higher minimum amount, mm-hmm. like start to, with a, start with a big chunk of money. Yeah. Cause could, that's usually required. Then it could be worth it. But if you don't have a big chunk to start with and it's going to be like kind of more fluid or pretty short term, yeah, like, a like a couple account. of years, just yeah. regular savings account. Yeah. So I think savings account, maybe money market account. Like if it was going to, if you were saving for a big annual trip and you had a big chunk of money, you could put into like a, like a CD or something, then, mm-hmm. then maybe you could make teensy bits of cash on it. Yeah. And so maybe that's worth it. Um, but what you wouldn't want to do is drop it into like a, like we're always about index funds, but that's really for long-term investing because mm-hmm. of the market. Tanked. Like, what do you think? Like, like five plus years? Is that what you're saying long-term? It's a good question. I think it gets super gray really fast because, mm-hmm. you know, just look at our recent history of the, say, the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. We had a massive, you know, recession mm-hmm. and then a, a amazing, you know, recovery to yeah. it. Now we're fully recovered at this point, basically. Um, so within five years, you could be sitting at the very bottom or the very top, you, right. <laughs> you know, of where the market has recently been. So it's, right. it's hard. Th- I, I think index funds are really for, like, the long-term, mm-hmm. like, Years and years, maybe decades. Yeah. And so, I mean, we are talking about potentially using ours for, you know, three to five years in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for us, you know, we're hoping to achieve this goal and have this financial flexibility, but we have flexibility on the timing of it. So if it so happened that the market just tanked, we would just say, huge, eh. huge bummer that the timing is off, but we'll wait it out and wait till it comes back up. So, so yeah, that would be something maybe like if you're going to use an index fund, it could be something great for maybe the five year, but you want to have the flexibility that if the market isn't performing, you can put it off for a few years. Yeah. Like it's going to be considered higher risk, mm-hmm. you know, an index fund. And, and that's the very reason right. why. So, I mean, it's the stock market. Yeah. It's always, yeah. You always want to be considering these investment vehicles in relation to your goals. And our goal is to have this big chunk of money to be flexible and do something with. But if it tanks right when we thought we might take a bunch out, we can have a plan B. Yeah. It'll we'll be just, like, Hey, we'll sale, we'll just throw some more money in and we'll wait till it comes back. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So in this case, you know, you could, if there was a, like, a, okay, so the longer term savings goals, like I'm not quite sure when adoption might occur, mm-hmm. but if that was going to be in that sort of shorter long term, yeah. like three, five years, yeah. um, again, the index fund is pretty risky. So you could look for mutual funds that where the risk is better managed so that there's like a mix of stocks and bonds, mm-hmm. you know, so th- that's more stable ground. So maybe mm-hmm. you go that route. But is the like return on those... Lower, yeah. So going to be lower worth risk, it. Lower return. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's probably still worth it compared to just putting in a, into a savings account. Yeah, uh, I would think. Um, again, all depending on their time horizon. Um, but I I would say since it sounds like there are very different goals for like different types of money, it I definitely would recommend having those different accounts. Yeah, for sure. Like which whichever way you're going to do it, even if you're just going to be setting up regular savings accounts. Um I think that's just an easier way to track it and then, you know, we've talked about just um you know, setting goals that way. It's like, you know, by the end of this year, we want this much in our travel account and this much in our adoption account and it's just much easier to like track your goals. Um then you can maybe break down like it would be great to set up automated savings for those accounts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you're going to be putting, you know, $100 towards the adoption account, but only $50 towards the travel or something like that. So yeah, yeah. it sounds like either way you go, um, having these be separate, yeah. I think would be really great and just help you keep track. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. So, wow, my timeline is messing up because 
Google Docs is not the greatest. Um, I hate Google. <laughs> I know we talk about that like every time that we do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, they mentioned that they had re- um, inquired about refinancing their home and reducing the length of their mortgage by nine years down to 20 years. They have a 30-year mortgage and they just bought their house about a year ago, but that would increase the monthly cost by about $200. And so they're wondering, is it worth shortening the mortgage and saving that interest or should they be prioritizing cash flow right now since they have these like saving goals for adoption and things like that? So let's get into that. Yeah, this is a good question because we've thought about these things too. Like, would we yeah. refi like really aggressively just mm-hmm. so that we could, you know, because we obviously are, are possibly going to pay down our mortgage and yeah. all that. Um, <clears throat> so I think the answer is probably maybe um, because, it, <laughs> again, yeah, it depends on on your goals. Um, so they're they're wondering about the balance between, you know, paying off debt more quickly basically mm-hmm. versus cash flow. To pay more debt, obviously, you reduce potential cash flow, like your ability to have liquid cash month to month. Mm-hmm. Um in their case, so they gave us like their their general budget numbers. Mm-hmm. Budget breakdown. Yeah, I think I think they could actually pull off both, really, if they if they really wanted to, just based on the refi that they the details they gave us. They do an awesome job. So like their their yeah, bills you, are all yeah. You guys are doing really well. Um, for it looks like I mean, just for the most part, their mortgage is thirteen thirty three, which mm-hmm. is like Reasonable. great. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they bought at a at a good time, so they have a, a great interest rate. I think they're at like four and a quarter. Um, their phones sixty dollars. They're spending one hundred and twenty five dollars on gas. Yeah, um, that I mean. Enter- Everything just looks pretty good. Yeah, it's not nothing seems outlandishly right. almost nothing right. looks looks we'll, outlandish. We'll we'll explore a couple of categories. Yeah, yeah. So, uh so l- we'll take the the example they gave us to consider this. They said, yeah, they they looked at this potential refi reducing by 9 years mm-hmm. their current mortgage, which sounds like it was a 30-year kind mm-hmm. of standard mortgage down to 20 years so they paid off a year. Mm-hmm. Um but that would raise their monthly mortgage by $200. Mm-hmm. Well, dining out so everything looks pretty reasonable but then when you get to dining out they they say they're spending about $400 a month mm-hmm. which they're living in Nashville they're a young couple mm-hmm. i totally get that yeah however that's a fair amount of money that's actually 2 thirds of their of their grocery shopping mm-hmm. um bill so it's it's a pretty pretty big chunk of cash and so yeah. they said they were spending about 625 a month on groceries for yeah. comparison so just just for consideration cuz it's always hard to like curtail entertainment when you're having a good time as yeah. a couple and all that but for consideration, if you cut that in half, so you still have two hundred dollars, which is for for two people going out, maybe that's maybe three, yeah, three times out at, at fun places mm-hmm. in the city. Um, that two hundred dollars then makes up the extra mortgage you might pay mm-hmm. if you actually refinance and drop that that nine years off your mortgage. Mm-hmm. So that one category alone, not even eliminating it, but just reducing it by fifty mm-hmm. percent. At the same time, uh, they they're estimating they spend about a hundred dollars a month on clothing. Mm-hmm. Which, compared to the average American family, is not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, prob- the average American family is bigger than two people, but usually American an American household is spending about $1,700 on apparel across the year. Okay. So they're spending 1200 So they're a little bit lower, but still, um, we are big advocates of the capsule wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Like, get to your final wardrobe, then just stop spending yeah. until you have to replace stuff, and that happens rarely. And I will say, when we were in their position we were spending about this much money on clothes. Oh, for sure. And so it's like, it's almost an opportunity to like give a message to our former selves yeah, and be like, it doesn't have to be this way. I mean, I remember we just, we loved browsing at Banana Republic. And I mean, there is one thing I was, we were both kind of new in our professional jobs. And so yeah. there is this period where you do need to like, kind of you're transitioning from uh, like, being a student, young adulthood to like, okay, I'm in kind of my professional job and now I'm figuring out my style and what I need to wear. And so there might be like a building of wardrobe there, but we would definitely just advocate to like maybe take a step back, be super intentional and like evaluate what you really need, what you really have. And yeah, try to, try to build that capsule wardrobe. So if you're investing, 
for a few months, a year, and then you can be pretty set. Yeah. So listeners out there, including this couple, um, I have written about capsule wardrobes from a male perspective, and I think you've written about capsule wardrobes from your perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So you could go to either one of our blogs there you <laughs> and go. actually read about it. And I've, I've actually got a list of like the hundred items or less basically that you need. Mm-hmm. And that includes everything, like underwear, yeah. socks, everything. Um, so and anyway, there's definitely lots of resources online for capsule wardrobes. Yeah. So even if, so if you cut that by 50%, there's another $50 yeah. to start, you know, increasing your cash flow. Mm-hmm. We've already covered your extra mortgage. Now you can increase, you know, available cash. Mm-hmm. Last thing is car payments. Mm-hmm. And they have um, two car payments that add up to about $500 a month. Um, it looked like their car loans were um, two cars, each about 20, a little bit over $20,000 on each car. Mm -hmm. And so you guys could probably predict how we would feel about that. We would um, definitely say maybe, is that a, is that a place that could be Mm reevaluated? Maybe, maybe used, maybe, maybe used cars, maybe, maybe trading in one car for a used car. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's tough. You want a you want a reliable car, and I mean, what if maybe they are planning to drive these like for the next 15, 15 years, and then they're going to be done with the payments in you know I'm not sure how long, mm-hmm. and then they'll be done with them. Thoughts? So I mean, I think this is again where we can look back on our former selves, and we you know as two adults with no kids, mm-hmm. we had these two cars that we were driving around. Mm-hmm making payments on we both we, we i didn't have you weren't you didn't have payments mine. i did but i paid mine off so we were driving mm-hmm. around two free cars and it still it was just a wild stupid excess now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying they're making the yeah. same mistake but um but we easily could have gotten by on the one car and then even after having now two kids we're making that prius work and that's a small car prius mm-hmm. is a tiny car but we have a family of four and we get around mm-hmm. completely and we have 15 mile to 30 mile commutes to our various workplaces. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's totally possible to get by with the one car um, and biking and walking otherwise. Mm -hmm. Or if you really feel the need to have the two cars, then yeah, just totally just drop those car payments and and buy a couple of, not clunkers, but really Mm -hmm. efficient, but small, you know, uh, uh, cars. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe reevaluating the car situation. I mean, even if there was one car loan that you could trade out for, um, for a smaller car loan or, you know, something. I don't yeah, know, but, yeah. but maybe that just a category just to like really maybe kind of reevaluate. And and part of the reason we're picking on this is actually they, they mentioned that they spend $125 a month on gas, mm-hmm. which isn't a ton, especially for yeah. two cars. Like if right. that's truly what they're spending for the total gas for two cars, right. that suggests to me they're not actually driving that much unless right, they have right. like wildly efficient you know, mm-hmm. two wildly efficient cars, which mm-hmm. I guess could be the case. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're not actually driving that much, can you get, put all those miles onto one car? Mm-hmm. So, it, you know. And um, what, what's great about the scenario of um, potentially going from two cars to one is that it is so easy to try it without actually making any big changes. Yeah. Just decide that for a week you're going to leave one car parked mm-hmm. and see what happens. Check out the bus schedule. I mean, just s- like like do the carpooling thing and, you know, really try it. See, maybe it's more convenient than you thought. Maybe, maybe it is like crazy inconvenient or like it just won't work, but, but it's just kind of fun that you can, you can try it. Yeah. And with, you know, with no repercussions. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and that's what we did. And that was, it totally mm-hmm. worked. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I guess I would mention is, so <coughs> the other thing I, w- I would mention is that, they mentioned that they want to adopt mm-hmm. and adoption can be pretty expensive. Um, re- recall or remember that the average car, the average sedan costs $9,000 to own and operate in the U S and so they have two cars. So they're um, with their financing and insurance, you know, gas, oil, tire changes, tire, mm-hmm. tire rotations, everything else. Nine K mm-hmm. um, ditching. One of those cars saves you, at least, and and by based on their loans, it sounds like they have relatively newer mm-hmm. or new cars, and possibly slightly nicer cars, mm-hmm. not necessarily like top end. But get rid of one of those, save nine thousand dollars a year. That would go a really long way mm-hmm. to act, you know, like a, such an admirable and awesome goal and a major one for your lives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just something to consider to mm-hmm. really get you much closer to where you want to be. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. Something to think about. All right. Um. And I guess I just wanted to add, you know, they said that they wanted to have some travel adventures before they started a family. And 
um, I bet they're kind of already thinking along these lines, but just travel adventures don't have to be terribly expensive, like camping, the renting, you know, maybe um, uh, home away with friends, things like that, or going to stay with friends to see other cities and things like that. So I definitely think that, you know, enjoying this time, just the two of you before having a family, there are certainly ways to do that without you know, sacrificing huge amounts of savings that you want to be saving up for the adoption. So, for sure. all right. So, I mean, you guys are doing just, I mean, overall really awesome. So high five mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we can't wait, can't wait to hear more. Let us know if there's any changes that you make and good luck. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to one big thing. And I, Chris is doing, what was that? Rain hands? No, that's my, you know, transition sound. Oh, I see. Oh, my gosh. Our transition sound doesn't sound anything like that. I just like that. No. I see. It's okay. a, it's a um, what was that one, that thing on SNL? I don't know. Not Bill and Ted's. Um, oh, hell. No idea. Wayne's World. Okay. You know, they do like the flashback. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, okay. I think my one big thing is going to be that... Easter is coming up this weekend. It, Easter will have happened yesterday when this comes up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm just, like, really looking forward to that. We're going to, like, get Easter stuff for the boys' Easter baskets together tomorrow, maybe dye Easter eggs. We're doing family Easter breakfast and an Easter egg hunt with your family on Sunday. I just It's going to be, like, a really fun, like, family spring weekend, and I'm just really excited. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I think it'll be the first one that you know, Dash can fully participate, yes. actually hunt for eggs and exactly. get what's going on and yep. be excited to find what's inside and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. What's going to go inside? Yeah, we need to, we're going to do our like a little, just our family Easter egg hunt here that morning since our boys will be up, you know, by five. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought maybe like, like maybe kind of like some animal crackers. I was trying to think of something that would be like kind of exciting, but like that we'd be fine Cedric eating and Dash and them each mm-hmm. eating like six of, I don't know, or some little, they could have a little cookie. Yeah. I yeah. don't get that too often. So, anyway. okay, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your one big thing? I don't know. This is all, this is all convoluted and weird, but it was something that you and I were talking about. I thought of when we went to see Johnny Depp. Okay. Which was great. We had a great, a great date night for that. Did we already talk about that or did we say we're going to go? We just said that we were going. We okay. haven't talked about Johnny Depp. It Maybe. was awesome. It was cool. He's an interesting guy. Uh, so I guess Johnny Depp and jo- Donald Trump have been causing me to think about this, but, uh, I think can't wait to see where you're going to go with this. (laughs) So there's something about, so Donald Trump, I guess is the only time I'm like going to be truly political. He's, I I think objectively like a terrible person. Okay. I think it's fair to say, Okay. I I know that there are Trump supporters out there, but like he says things that are pretty outlandish. Mm -hmm. Most people can agree, but I think what, I think people get behind him and this is my guess because I'm not a Trump supporter is my guess because there's something about like he's not confined by special interests. Like mm-hmm. he's paid his own way. So even though he said things that that many people find objectionable, it seems like people can get behind him because they kind of cast that aside mm-hmm. because they think he's unfettered by mm-hmm. you know, he's not bought and sold right. like the other candidates seem to be, mm-hmm. right? So there's something about that that suggests authenticity. But then he's also he's essentially an entertainer. I mean, yeah. reality TV and yeah. you know, he says these bombastic things and that's entertainment for right. people. But the authenticity plus the the bombast and the entertainment I think equals like an emotional connection for people mm-hmm. so they can like, they can, they get behind him because he's, he's saying things people wanted to hear or said, you know, but everybody's mm-hmm. too scared to say because of PC, blah, blah, blah. Right. And that equals influence. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden here's this guy, Donald Trump, that nobody that, you know, last election cycle, everybody's like, what a joke. And now he's likely the candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's something about authenticity plus entertainment equals emotional con- connection, which results in influence. Hmm amongst people you wouldn't expect to have influence. And so Johnny Depp comes into this because when we're there watching him talk, here's a guy who's just, he's just an entertainer. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's just an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and by his own admission, he doesn't really consider himself like an artist, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but he is quirky as hell. Mm-hmm. And he acts that way if he's not truly that way on stage, you know, when he was being interviewed. And so that suggests some kind of authenticity as well, but it's really entertaining. Hmm. And I think, you know, the quirkiness suggests some kind of vulnerability, or at least he was all about like showing vulnerability, yeah. I think, on stage through his quirkiness. And I think people f- 
feel an emotional connection mm-hmm. to that too. Like, oh, I, I guard that part of myself, but mm-hmm. he's letting his freak flag mm-hmm. fly, you mm-hmm. know? And, and all of a sudden there's this emotional connection. All of a sudden he seems influential in ways that he ought not to be. Hmm. And the reason I thought that is because somebody asked him, there was a Q&A at the end of the mm-hmm. thing. Somebody asked him, so, you know, how would you recommend to a teacher to be able to tell the difference between a kid who is just truly creative and like interesting and has, you know, different style of thinking mm-hmm. versus a kid who might be troubled and could be a potential threat and like right. a danger in school, right. you know, referencing on, you know, the sad reality of, right. of school shootings. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in my back of my mind, I'm like, why, what does Johnny Depp have right. to say about this? What right. the fuck does he know about yeah. like emotionally troubled kids? Right. Maybe, maybe he is that cause he suggested, you know, that a he, troubled youth. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe he has something to say on it, but I mean, I guess, I guess I felt like that was almost like an illegitimate question. Yeah, like he, you could ask him acting mm-hmm. and like character development, but mm-hmm. I don't know, abnormal psychology, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. So, but it just, it, regardless of whether that was legitimate or not, just suggested to me that he had a special type of influence that most people don't have mm-hmm. just because he's an entertainer mm-hmm. that, su- that seemed to show some sort of authenticity and people bought into it and then feel like they can ask him things, hmm. you know, and like mm-hmm. get guidance from him. Uh, anyway, right. I'm not sure where, where I'm going with okay, this, but just... But I'm just, I guess I'm wondering about how people develop their ability to influence other people mm-hmm. or persuade other people. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something about all that that allows people to do it. Interesting. Okay. So you're kind of coming up with this little formula. I'll have, yeah. to, I'll have to think about this more. I, I think maybe there's something there. Yeah. I think I follow you. Those of you who study this stuff, <laughs> tell me where <laughs> I'm off. You can go ahead and chime in. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's our show. We love getting your emails at Hey Matrimony, M O N E Y. Um, let us know how you would spend a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand, and a million dollars. We'd love to know. Um, Potential future sponsors, you could spend it on our podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> at any of those levels. <laughs> so, uh, acknowledging that Google will probably not be one of our sponsors, <laughs> we'll remind you to love your honey and not your money. Google earlier in the you podcast. Did? Remember? I said I hate Google. Oh, okay. Total sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone else will remember it. It'll make total sense. <laughs> it's because there's more room in the in the street, like yeah. the T. I know, but how many people are going the wrong way down our street? Yeah, it's true. I don't know. Maybe we should have a big sign. No turnarounds. No <laughs> U-turns. <laughs> what is it? What's, that? What's the um, the one from... Uh, Slow down your neighbors. <laughs> down. Yeah. No U-turns, your neighbors. <laughs> oh, also a reminder. Remember on the intro to be peppy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're like, and I'm Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's my NPR voice. <laughs> And I'm Chris, and you're <laughs> listening to Jazz on Friday <laughs> Afternoon. Okay, ready? Yeah. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about our marriage. And our money. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Chris. <laughs> this show is about our marriage. Oh my gosh. Okay, for real. We do not have that much time.